It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts, brought to you with Carrickmacross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Carrickmacross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Carrickmacross or carrickmacrosscu.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. You're very welcome to Tuesday. Tuesday, I was going to say Thursday nearly there. Jeez, I'm way ahead of myself in the week. It's Tuesday afternoon's late lunch on LMFM Radio. Tempest Fugit when you're enjoy, enjoying yourself, of course. Welcome to the show. Don't forget our numbers 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text or 1850 715 if you'd like to call in and across our social media platforms as well. Plenty of chat to come over the next couple of hours. But I don't know whether you heard or saw or watched the story uh, breaking today from the United States. A jury in California has awarded, listen to this, more than $2 billion to a couple who claimed buyers glyphosate-based Roundup weed killer caused their cancer. It's the third consecutive verdict against the company over the product and the largest to date, and sure they are going to appeal. I'm joined on the line by Tunnel to Table. Yes, she's our Queen of Green, I always say. She's an organic gardener, and much more besides, Nikki Kyle is on to us from the Knoll. Good afternoon, Nikki. Hi, Terry. how are you? I'm very good, and thank you for taking our call. Now, you've spoken over the years with me about this in the past, about yeah. the use of sprays and chemicals, and you're absolutely dead set against it. Are you surprised by the magnitude and the findings of this court case? Uh, sadly not. Um, I mean, it's it's been waiting to happen for a long time. You know, the, the, the problems with Roundup were actually rumoured in the, the early 1980s. Um, that's when I first heard about it. But it was never investigated by the regulatory authorities. And, and Monsanto, naturally, the makers, naturally dismissed it all as lies and assured people that Roundup was quite safe. I remember using it now that you say when I bought my first house in the 80s and I remember the the large back garden was in a shocking state and then part of it we used it and then I actually became aware of what it was and I, I saw what it did uh, but then I was worried what had gone into the soil and what I'd be yeah. taking from it when I started growing my vegetables. 
Yeah, well, I mean, sadly, it, it has quite a nasty effect on uh, soil life. Um, it's known to kill an awful lot of invertebrates like worms, uh, soil bacteria, which, of course, uh, are very important for um, plants to, to actually for their own immune systems. So you end up, you use Roundup on soil, you end up with unhealthy plants, which then need more pesticides and things to actually help them grow. So Roundup is on sale in Ireland today in wide use in Ireland uh, but you can go in and buy it off the shelves and use it at home in your uh, private situation public bodies using it farmers using it yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's really horrific. You even you can even smell it when you go around supermarkets. As you know, in the past, I've complained about that. Uh, very often it's spilled. Staff don't know what they're handling. Uh, it, it's a very, very nasty chemical. But it's not just the glyphosate uh, in Roundup that's the problem. Um, it's actually the added surfactants, or adjuvants as they're called. These actually help to stabilize the chemical compound glyphosate and enable it to penetrate plant tissue, or for that matter, skin, in the same way as corrosive detergents. But the problem with it is that when um, regulatory authorities were given the um, safety information, you know, to assess it, uh, Monsanto only um, told them that only um, glyphosate was an active ingredient. And they completely left out uh, the other um, surfactants or adjuvants that are added to actually enhance, um, you know, the way it works. So, in actual fact, they were making a safety assessment on the basis of false evidence. And you're saying those other uh, uh, th- things that they add, uh, are they the dangers or is the glyphosate well, it's itself? Both. It, it's both combined. The adjuvants, yes. um, you see, are there to stabilise the chemical, but also to help it to work better, to, to uh, stick to plants, to penetrate the plant tissue. Just the same as if you spilt a, a corrosive detergent or something nasty on your carpet or on your floor or on your skin, you know, it's going to have the same effect. They're p- petroleum-based, um, and they're not only act- acutely, uh, actively toxic to human cells, but several studies have actually now shown that they amplify the toxicity of glyphosate by at least 200%. Is it under the brand name Roundup only that this is being sold? No, it's sold as Resolver. I mean, since I'm not sure exactly what year the patent ran out on um, glyphosate Roundup, but it's now called Resolver. It's called lots of other things. But basically, it's, it's a combination of glyphosate with added ingredients, mm. which they are still saying are inert, which actually are not inert. They are active uh, ingredients. And, and when they're combined with glyphosate, as I say, they, they, they make it over 200 times more toxic. Are you convinced that this is one aspect of the chemical industry, that chemicals and all that's going into food stuff and crops and everything today is the reason for many, many of the ills that mankind is battling? Uh, I'm afraid um, they are because they're endocrine-disrupting chemicals, which basically means they disrupt the hormones in your body. And, and hormones govern every sort of everything that happens in your body. Uh, and actually, very recently, um, a study was published in February by the University of Washington, which showed that Roundup increases the risk of some cancers by more than 40%. You know, and we're feeding our children uh, on, on this stuff. They're walking on it in school playgrounds, in hospital campuses. Uh, you know, it, it's terrifying. It's on pavements. It's just everywhere. And when you walk on it, you're bringing it into your home, onto your carpets. Your children are crawling around your carpets. Your pets are walking on it on pavements and licking their paws. You know, and, and these people, Monsanto, have been lying through their teeth since the mid-1970s, saying that this stuff was perfectly harmless. 
And it's widely available, I say again, in Ireland to yeah. buy across the, the counter. It's been used in the agricultural industry. Is nobody shouting stop here? Right? Do you feel like a voice in the wilderness? No, you're not on your own, I know, on this. But the people who have been raising this for years and years, is nobody listening? Does nobody care? Do they not understand what this is doing? Well, the problem is that the chemical companies worldwide have enormous influence. They lobby governments all the time. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're telling, you know, people who are making decisions on these things, that, that Monsanto and other chemical companies are saying to them, oh, this stuff's perfectly safe, it's fine, you know. Whereas, in actual fact, they may not have either tested it for long enough, they may not have tested all the ingredients that are used in the formulations. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that Roundup is actually routinely used to, to desiccate or dry off grain like wheat, seed crops like rapeseed, and legume crops like peas and beans, uh, which makes, it, uh, makes them easier to harvest. Uh, and as a result, uh, traces of Roundup were found in something like 70% of all non-organic bread tested a couple of years ago. It's also found in almost all beers and wines, and in many European countries it's present in tap water above legal limits. Now, I don't know uh, what the, uh, you know, what, what the limits, what, what the levels are in our water because I haven't been able to find any information about it. But it's high time it was tested. I think there needs to be public pressure to, to ha- actually have it tested. So it's endemic in yep. uh, the food chain. We can't avoid it. Is that what you're saying to me? You can avoid it if you eat organic food. Organic farmers aren't allowed to use it. And there has to be a three-year conversion in any land that has been used, treated with non-organic um, chemicals. You have to have a three-year conversion before you can be called organic. So a lot of that will have actually uh, dissipated into the environment uh, or, or, you know, been, been detoxified by plants or other, organis- other organisms in that time. So... We're between a rock and a hard yeah. place here, really. That's what you're saying today. And this case is one of many who are queued up in, in, in the States. Should what, what would you call on today? Would you call on, on, on government to, you're saying there's more pressure needs to be exerted here, more examination of this to be done. What else could be done quickly? Well, I, I think, you know, governments really need to stop using it. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is that chemicals like, wheat chemicals like glyphosate are used instead of people. You know, we have people unemployed. Can't they do some weeding? I know I'm going to get calls about that. But, but frankly, you know, it, we're doing away with people and we're using more and more chemicals. It's absolutely crazy. And, and in the meantime, you know, our children, are, are, you know, they're absorbing all these chemicals from their food, from their whole environment. Um, you know, and we have to do something else. You know, as gardeners, we can stop using it. You know, there's lots of things mm-hmm. as gardeners that, that we can do instead of using weed killers. Um, I mean, you know, you can use things like um, flame weeders, to, uh, you can use mulches, you can, if you're sort of on a path, you could use things like cardboard or polythene um, to kill plants first, which does that by excluding light. Then you'll have the weed seeds left, because interesting, one of, you know, the makers of Roundup claim that it kills everything. It doesn't. It doesn't kill seeds. So the minute seeds blow in or are there in soil, which is turned over, up the weeds come again. So basically you're polluting everywhere, uh, you know, and and totally wasting money Mm. and putting your own health and that of your children, pets and wildlife at risk. Lots of uh, questions with the same theme coming to us by, uh, by WhatsApp and on text today. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp and text number. Hi, can you ask Nikki, and this I'm, I'm uh, summarising a, a number of similar questions. What can we use instead of Roundup? I use it on my driveway because if I didn't, it would be a complete mess and look awful. 
That's one example of similar questions. Yeah, just use a flame reader instead. <laughs> that kills off the tops of the plants and it kills seeds because the reason why they keep coming up in your drive is because there's still seeds there because mm. Roundup doesn't kill seeds. But I can guarantee you that, that a flame weaver does. Yeah. It burns up everything. You just have to be a wee bit careful, obviously, not to use it very close to plants or to use a shield. Uh, if you have a box hedge or something like that, you use a, a heat-proof shield, you know, a board or something between that and what you're doing. And it leaves paths looking very neat and tidy, you know, flame weaving. There's lots of things you can do. When you've actually got rid of all the weed seeds and the weeds, then you can put a weed-proof membrane down, a weed-preventing membrane, membrane, sorry, uh, and then you can put your gravel or your bark chips or something else on top. Could we see a world that would be perfectly all right and, uh, you know, I, I suppose I think when I talk about looking at your drive, it's aesthetically you want it to look nice, I know. But could we live in a world chemical free? Why not? Organic farmers don't use chemicals. Yes. You know, and, and, and the thing is that uh, in, in other, um, you know, reports, we, we've got uh, biodiversity dying. We've got birds and insects and everything else dying. They depend on weeds. They depend on wildflowers. And the more chemicals we use, the more of these are disappearing. Bees, you know, which we're dependent on. About a third of our food crops are pollinated by bees. Mm. We won't have things like almonds and plums and apples if we kill all the bees. Yes, and there's somebody else on to say golf courses and golf clubs use it as well where people uh, go for recreation and walk around and, you know, handle the golf balls, etc. So there's another angle to it, you know, that it's been used there in a public place. Well, it's used in all public places. Uh, and really, the, 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 the really stupid thing when you see it um, is that the, the people who are spraying uh, these chemicals are actually wearing white protective suits and masks. Mm. But they go, and the stuff is still there, and the public aren't warned. Your pets are walking on it, you know, and licking their paws afterwards. and uh, yeah. I, It's just horrendous. Yeah, that's it's, a very good point. You know, like uh, the protective gear and the warnings yeah. when using yeah. it, and yet it's there to go anywhere it wants and touch anybody yeah. it wants or exactly. anything. And it's in the air, too. I mean, a few days ago here, well, it wasn't Roundup, it was a selective herbicide, but they do the same thing. Selective herbicides uh, will actually kill weeds in grass, broadly eat weeds like docks and nettles, and leave the grass alone because they're, they're sort of different plant family. Um, but they're still just as toxic. And these are being used on pastures that cattle are grazing. Um, you know, the, 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 you were talking about them being used in public parks and, and things. Um, but they're actually, those are on golf courses. Those are selective weed killers that they're using in those places. It's still weed killer, but yeah. it's not actually Roundup, because Roundup kills all green stuff. Okay. Okay, so it is selective weed killers, yeah. but it's still a chemical yeah. and it still is there. And, you know, people uh, go home and uh, ingest it in, in different ways when they yeah. handle golf balls and things like that. Uh, somebody was on to say, uh, I'm, using pour, I'm using the method of pouring boiling water yeah. on the weeds yeah. and it's yeah. effective, says a listener today. Yeah, yeah boiling water uh, is absolutely fine because it'll only kill where it's directed. Um, you can use vinegar or salt, but again, you can't use that near other plants that so you, you don't want to be killed too, you know, because that will spread. But it, it's a lot less toxic than, than uh, you know, I mean, we eat vinegar and salt, for God's sake. Mm. Do you think the uh, magnitude of this award in America and the pending cases and the ones that have gone before will start the ball rolling to finally have a more in-depth look at this and its consequences? 
I certainly hope so. But as I say, the global chemical uh, multinationals have enormous influence on governments and things. And, you know, they keep saying, well, you know, if we get rid of all these chemicals, we won't be able to grow enough food. That is complete and utter rubbish. Because right now, worldwide, as I've said many times, Jerry, we're wasting 30 to 40 percent of all the food that we're producing. We could produce enough food if we wasted less and we wouldn't need to use chemicals. There's a nice message for you. That lady, Jerry, is so right. We are killing ourselves with what we are eating and the way we handle our food chain and what we're drinking as well. Get that lady onto your show every day. <laughs> we don't have time. Right now I'm trying to oversee my daughter weeding my polytunnels because of my broken ankle. <laughs> but it, it's, it, it, you know, whoever said that is absolutely dead right. But the thing is, it doesn't need to be like this. We can do it without Roundup and the other chemicals. We did it before, we can do it again. You know, how did humans get to the 21st century, for God's sake? We didn't use Roundup or the 20th century. We didn't use any chemicals before the beginning of the 20th century. And yet we were fed. We evolved. We're here to, as proof. Yes. Uh, Jerry, I've been told that babies are developing much earlier in mum's bodies because of the food intake and what's involved there. Just a comment there uh, as an aside from a listener. Um, what else, uh, Nikki, I was going to say to you. So there are alternatives, there are safer alternatives, and that's what we can do. And if you're listening today and you have a garden or a driveway or whatever, you can put this and we can put this into action straight away and don't go the chemical route. Now, the next tunnel to table, Jerry, we'll, we'll do a, a little bit on chemicals, I think. Yeah, no, I think that uh, And would... on weed control yeah. you know, in, in, in gardens for people. Because I know spraying a chemical is the easy option, but is it the easy option in the end if it's going to give you cancer or give your, your, your child something? Awful? I mean, when you see young children getting leukemia and, and various childhood cancers much earlier, it's all down to chemicals. These weren't around before the 20th and 21st century. Mm, and I, I know there was disease then as well, but I, I, I'd hasten uh, to say that probably not at the levels that we're experiencing no. today. No. I mean, the thing is that, that, you know, Stone Age man didn't die of diabetes and cancers. You know, he died of being sort of run over by a dinosaur or something. Yeah, and that, <laughs> exactly. Another <laughs> one just before you go. Uh, yes, Jerry, I bought a weed burner. Uh, you get a weed canister with it and light it, and it's brilliant. The, a listener there right. on to say, highly recommended. Great. Uh, yeah, they are fantastic. Uh, if you've got a bigger area to do, you can buy a bigger one like I've had. Uh, I've had one for years and they're fantastic. But I must say I get much more relaxed about weeds these days. I see dandelions and I think, lovely, I'm going to see bees pollinating that. It's going to feed them and their larvae and then the seeds will actually feed lovely birds like goldfinches and things like that's that. That's true and I think that's another way we have to yeah. uh, change our attitude yeah. and outlook to look at these as food for pollinators. Yeah. Yeah, and etc. Uh, they want to know what your website, nickykylegardening.com, isn't it? Yeah, that, Nikki- that's right. And, and what I'll do is I've got a study here, a couple of studies, and I'll tweet them at you uh, later on, Jerry, when I come. And we'll retweet them yeah. around the the world as well. We we'd be delighted to do that. Nikki, as always, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks a million. See you soon for Tunnel to Table. Thanks, Jerry. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Nikki Kyle there. And uh, as a follow up, uh, I can tell you that uh, we're going to take a short break. But we have a good news story because Athboy Tidy Towns in County Meath are taking this message on board. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. 
Yes, I will mention it again. It's NikkiKyleGardening.com and that's N-I-C-K-Y Gardening. Nikki Kyle, K-Y-L-E, Gardening.com. That's her website. Well worth following. She's absolutely brilliant. And Jack's been on to say... Thanks so much, Nikki and Jerry, for that information on Roundup. It's really great journalism. Thanks indeed for that nice comment, uh, Jack, this afternoon. Now, building on what we've just been speaking about, listen to this. Mead Tidy Towns Group has started a two-year pilot project in conjunction with Mead County Council to avoid the use of herbicides like Roundup in their town. I'm joined on the line by their chairperson, Mary Flood. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jerry, and uh, thanks very much for covering this topic. It's very dear to our hearts. We're delighted. No, and I'm delighted to tie in with what we've just been speaking about a moment ago to Nikki Kyle and this story that's broken in the last few hours as well, uh, pointing at, at the Roundup issue. Now, tell us about yourselves and how this uh, evolved with you. Well, we never have used any pesticides or herbicides as a group, I'd say, over the last 15 years. Uh, now, we would have no control over what others did, obviously. But uh, last September, the council did quite a lot of spraying. And following that, we had a lot of discussions with them. And in fairness, our, our local engineer has been brilliant. Uh, and it is him that has organised this two-year project with us. So the project entails what? No chemicals whatsoever? The council have promised no chemicals anywhere in the town. Now, uh, we're also we appealing to the general public not to use sprays in the town anywhere because, obviously, if we're not using them and the council are not using them, we want everyone on board, not just, you know, if there's individuals here and there spraying along outside their own gates or in the gardens, it's kind of that has effect. Yes. So you're looking to make Athboy a chemical-free town? That would be the, the, the wish, yes, and the wish for the... Wouldn't the, that be brilliant? And, uh, it would be fantastic, yeah. You absolutely. know, to be the first in Ireland. Now, here's, here's something. This is really special to happen. And you are leading the way in the Atboy Tidy Towns. And you're saying today to people in Atboy and around the area, ditch the chemicals, get rid of them, stop it yourselves. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, part of, the, of the, what the council asked us to do was to source alternatives because... People, they get hassle from people if the place doesn't look tidy. It's it's trying to change awareness of people. There's no point in telling people not to spray if they don't know why they're not spraying. And they see weeds as weeds instead of plants for bees. Weeds for bees rather than than something that has to be got rid of. I mean, okay, we do scuffle. Earlier in the year, uh, because we're aware of that people like the areas clean, we just went out. We got a group of volunteers called the Friends of Boy Tidy Towns and we scuffled the whole town. And mm. then the council came in the next day, took all the weeds away from the channels, so the place looked well. Yeah. And that's that's important as well because the people like to have nice areas. To yes. Live and you can't just ever hurt, let everyone go mad, even though that's I know. me personally, <laughs> but yes. it's my shoulders. <laughs> It could be you could become the wilderness town as well. I understand that, and, and there, there is a compromise here. We have to balance. Yes, yes. But uh, one of the uh, alternatives is a system called foam stream, which I found in England, and basically that's a, a high-pressured uh, water delivered onto the weeds, to which has been added a plant-based product that causes the foam. It's called foam stream, and this is used maybe three times a year. It can also be used on moss and street furniture and street bins, so it would have multiple uses, not just on the on the weeds or plants. And uh, it's very expensive. So we're appealing to the local newly elected councillors when they, when they get elected to promote the purchase of one of these machines. It would be a lot cheaper than 
uh, 36 or 2 billion, whatever it was, payout. Yeah, it certainly would. And just to come back to this, it's called what? Foam stream. Foam, st- foam stream is a, is a and system. The, the, so it's pressurised water. Is there anything added to it? Yes, there's a, um, a soap, soapy plant-based non-toxic. Okay, it's it. absolutely non-toxic, plant-based soap yes. type yes. stuff. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, it, it foams up, so it's, it's actually, it stays on the plant, and that's, yeah. it eventually kills off the plant. It needs to be applied three times a year initially, then would, would probably, after a couple of years, go down to two years. Okay, okay. Two, two ice years, sorry. And you're looking to source this now and bring it to Atboy? Well, we have sourced it. Oh, you have it? Uh, yeah, well, we haven't got it yet. We're, 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 in fairness now, Aaron is going to hire one for a week. Okay. Try the week, and we don't know exactly when. We're waiting for the weeds to grow now. Now it's not growing quick enough for <laughs> You're too much on top of it with your scuffing. These are great scuffers yeah. in that boy. Oh, we're great scuffers, yeah. All the off-street areas are, are, are yes. uh, not being scuffed. And the local soccer club, um, that boy Celtic, has come on board as well. And they're not um, using, using anything. And they're, they're, it's also about... M- grass management as well not cutting the grass as much you know so that the yeah. flowers can bloom it's, it's a whole it's lots of different yeah um, what's the word well, no I'll tell you what it is actions uh, no, not actions yeah no no numerous strands to this this is what it yeah. is right and numerous uh, bodies involved sporting bodies councils y- yourselves the tidy towns individuals us as people who yeah. live in our homes and our gardens as well but here's the thing about it it's all with the one aim to re-educate and change the mindset of everybody because we've been ingrained with this just get a bottle of this stuff in the local garden centre and spray and kill that's exactly it and that's 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 the aim of it uh, schools have a great part to play and parents yes. teachers associations and uh, also the churches uh, Older people, and, I'm, and I classify myself as one of them, uh, actually are probably the hardest to change the mindset of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they've grown up. They've grown up. We've, we've grown yes. up with, with everything. Uh, We're the chemical kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's an organisation called an organisation called Eco Congregations, which we're hoping to engage with, which will be bringing people of faith together to care for the earth, as is their responsibility. It's all everyone's responsibility, but to bring in a spiritual dimension for people who don't see it as a just because it's natural dimension, you know. I understand. Uh, here's here's a nice message for you. Just come in and WhatsApp to us. Remind you of the numbers again if you want to join the conversation on the show today. 086-1800-658. You can text WhatsApp or give us a call on 1850 This WhatsApp says, Well done, Athboy. Hope this is rolled out in other areas of the county and fair play to Mead County Council for supporting the initiative. Here, here, I say to that as well. I want to join uh, with that comment as well. You're great, Mary. You're great people. Well, we have great support and I'd like to acknowledge the support of Biodiversity Ireland, um, particularly Juanita Brown. Uh, she's been very helpful to us as well and the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan. That's a very simple way people can see what they can do in their own gardens and their own schools or their communities. There's loads of uh, activities and non-activities, some of them. Doing nothing is something something better than doing a lot. Yes, yes. But uh, look, at you're, uh, you're leading the way. You're setting an example. You know about this for a number of years. And look at look at all the talk uh, in recent times. Nikki Kyle has been banging the drum for years and others of her ilk as well. Yourselves for 15 years. But by God now, I think people are finally, Mary, starting to sit uh, up and take notice. 
It's, it's great. We, we, there's a local beekeeper we have called Simon Cronin. He gave a talk a few weeks ago and his message was that until the rural landscape improves for biodiversity, which is, is very endangered at the moment, he would like to see towns and villages becoming urban refuges for all the wildlife to come into. So then they return back to the countryside when conditions improve. Isn't that just an irony? Mary, you have to leave it there for today. Good luck to our boy and get that title. The first chemical free town (laughs) in the land. Good luck to you, Mary. Thank you very much, Terry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Mary Flood there. Great stuff. And that gives me a lift. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR. Zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. Yesterday on Late Lunch, you will recall, I spoke about the burning of the thatch, an iconic building in Drogheda. Repair work had been ongoing for a number of weeks following an arson attack on the building some months ago. It had been restored beautifully and the man who's restored it originally and now again has carried out the repair following the first arson attack just finished up working on the roof would you believe it last Friday and he's with me on late lunch today he is a master thatcher Peter Childs welcome to the show thanks Jerry how are you doing how are you feeling today a bit bit aggrieved really you know the, the job is, is is such a hard job and you know um, to, I mean, I went over to England for the weekend to visit a disabled friend and uh, I only heard the news yesterday morning about 11 o'clock and uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I was totally disgusted with it. It's just, you know, um, you know, Seamus and Stephen have put so much into that place there, like trying to bring it back to its, its former glory and it just keeps getting dragged back down by local thugs, arsonists whatever you know it's it's not good for the area it's not good for Drogheda you know you know them thatch places are part of you know Irish history and and to you know to see them just getting set light that's not not only that place but even Crossroad Avenue was set afire you know just you know what's it all about you have to ask yourself why are the you know who's doing it and why are they doing it you know it's you know they shouldn't be doing it it's part of you know Irish heritage you know it's it's ridiculous to be honest with you I'm not a happy I'm not a happy boy, you know, to be honest with you. It's, it's, you know, I've got to go, probably have to go back and do that again. And uh, what's to say it won't be done again after we've done it again, you know? Um, I really don't know what to, to, to say about it, you know? Who's going to fund it this time? Are the council going to fund it? Um, uh, you know, Seamus and Stephen are going to have to pull the, more money out of their own pockets to put towards this. I mean, they're going to have to put a load of money into the building anyway to you know, to try and restore the inside back to its its former glory. But um, I don't know, maybe crowdfunding this time round would be, you know, um, a solution. I don't know. Perhaps the people of Drogheda don't want to do that. Perhaps they do. I don't know. But that's the only thing that I can possibly think of at the minute that will, you know, um, let's see what happens with the the, the council first and, you know. Take it from there. Take it from there. I've not really spoken to Seamus really since I got back. I'm only back last, like, late last night, so. And you are in shock because you left yeah. there on Friday ready to uh, yes. pack up and move elsewhere and you thought that's that and then you get the word in the UK that this has happened disbelief can I ask you this is there any way of fire retarding a thatched roof well, th- well there is you know um, there's stuff called magma fire stop and it, it lasts up to four years it can be applied but it's not an on-the-shelf uh, material. It has to be made up specifically and then used within a certain time period. But yeah, it actually gives you a, fi- a four-year kind of fire stop. Um, if you try and light it on the top, 
it you can't light it it's you, it won't will not light um and you actually get a cert to, to, to go with that and that's been tested in the fire rooms uh, in denmark and places like that so it does actually work but um unfortunately with the thatch um it didn't it didn't get that because it was at the wrong time of the year and um shortly after it was done it was then set fire to so obviously i mean it hasn't got to the point there again now where we can actually you know put the fire retardant spray on um my, my idea was when i came back from the uk was to get in contact with seamus and you know make a request to make sure he gets it um get the fire stop uh, spray there's a guy down in waterford actually the, the thatch company that actually applies this it works on the uh, interior of, of roofs as well so you can just spray it on the wood on the inside you can basically spray it anywhere that's exposed you know uh, and then on the outside so um yeah, the, the fire cert comes with it, and um, then you take that off to the insurance company, you know? So it's peace of mind as well. So it is effective, and it will work, and it was in the plans down the road yes. when the rethatching yes. was complete following the initial arson yes. attack to do this and protect yes, it. that's correct. I know you've dropped into me here on the way to view the damage yourself. I can tell you, you haven't seen it in person. No. Maybe some photographs of that. It is quite extensive. It is, yeah. Beside the repair you've done, it's just adjacent to that again. Will it take a lot to to get in there again and, and put this back to yeah, it's its another, full beauty? Yeah, another three weeks. Wait. It took three weeks to get, you know, um, including the, the making up the materials. What you don't see is that it's behind-the-scenes stuff, all the stuff for the, the thatch. Before we actually arrived with the, the scaffolding and everything else, we made all the materials up ready so that we could just get in, hiss it quickly and get everything up, you know, thatched up, done, and then the scaffold dropped. So at least little, you know, interruptions to the, um, to the basically to the pathway and the roadways there. We even put a narrow scaffold on so we didn't have to do the whole um, traffic stop thingy, like, do you know what I mean? Like, as before, you know, and direct everybody around the building. So, uh, yeah, there's behind the scenes work goes on that people don't see before you even get to the job. So, um, yeah, it's probably another three weeks work to to get all that back to its you know former glory you know but it's not an easy task when something's burnt like that you have to segregate all the courses off find where the courses are each different level has to be segregated off and you have to pin it all back and everything it does it's not just a simple thing you know you have to you know you have to repair it right before you can get going with it again it's um you know it was hard saving that roof as it was before from when i came in to thatch it originally i I looked at it i thought oh my god what am i going to do with this but unfortunately we did it and um it just breaks my heart to see that going on again it's it's madness i just i don't i'm no words will describe the way i'm feeling about it jerry to be honest with you i'm sick you mentioned Harties as well, another landmark building in Drogheda, and they really are the two landmarks, are, Harties yeah. Cottage on the north side of town and the Thatch on this side, and you're right, there yeah. was an attempt to set Harties alight as well. You know, you're an experienced Thatcher, you've worked all around this country, you're years at this. Mm. Is this a, a, a new phenomenon, something quite different? Have you seen anything like this before anywhere mm, else? Not, not as many arson, not as many arson attacks on 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 roofs. No, most most the thatch fires are, are from um, old electrical wiring, and and, and stuff that um, you know new new chimneys and uh, you know uh, stipulations by insurance companies to put wood burners in and stuff like that and flues up chimneys. Of course, you're you're reducing the space of a chimney with a flue. 
and that creates a pipe a thin pipe for you know flames to go up very quickly and that's mostly where a lot of the fires are coming from with with, with thatch fires but um to, to say you know uh, i haven't really heard of that many places being set alight like they are in drotter so that is quite you know localized to be honest with you i mean i don't know many of my thatching mates all around ireland that have you know experienced the same thing it's it really is kind of electrical fires or or chimney fires you know or uncleaned chimneys where soot is is, is a build-up factor um loose bricks and then the flame comes out a brick or something like that you know just you know general maintenance of, of chimneys is you know another one you know so uh, but no fires arson fires no not really not really coming across that i've had a few of my roofs burn you know but um not through arson not deliberately it no. is something peculiar to this area at this uh time so uh it's all up in the air at the moment you're going to meet seamus domigan uh, and have a talk with him at this yes. stage you don't know where it goes from here or I, what the I, plans I, to are to be honest with you Jerry, i don't know where it's going to go no mm. i mean a lot of say i don't know where the funding is going to come from now you know, I mean, I know they got a bit of funding to get this uh, redone again, you know, through for the council. And the, the council have been very good in supporting Seamus and and uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Cooney there with uh, the assistance of, you know, covering some of the costs of the building. But um, it's getting a bit ridiculous now, isn't it, really? You know, you know, who's who's going to fund this now? You know, that's that's more money. People say, oh, it's more money in your pocket. It's not more money in my pocket, really. I've got other customers that need me. You know, I need to go elsewhere i'm booked out until the middle of next year i don't need to be you know coming back to do the same job over and over again because some idiot is, is burning them you know it's mm. you know i finished i finished it like 12 15 weeks ago i've repaired it again and then what's then what's the next stage repair it again and then it gets burnt again i don't know i need to talk to seamus i need to find out what their what their movements are and then probably try and book that in down the line again if that's the way they're going to go with it obviously they can't leave it looking like that again um it will have to be repaired that is the you know that's the end result again but um i think the fire retardant spray and i also think that um you know decent kind of security cameras are going to have to be installed around the perimeter of the building you know to catch any culprits to decide i think it's going to be a funny game to set set fire to these roofs again you know mm. Um, I think the only localised camera is on the corner of the estate there on on a house which actually caught the last guy but not his face mm. you know so and he got on a bus and went off to Rototh or somewhere like that I believe but um, just what kind of callous person does that anyway you know set fire to a thatched roof wait for the bus get on the bus and then go to you know I don't know who it is but um, mm. you know I went to the Garda barracks there and did a um a statement of costings for um for the for the police but uh for the guard sorry and uh nothing's really come of that as mm. of yet so i mean that's that was the last one so i'm sure something else is going to come up through the i have to go and do another statement now with the guards for what's going on again now doesn't that beggar belief really what you say there it's just unbelievable but can i tell you this peter childs and i say to Seamus and everybody involved the groundswell is to have this roof repaired mm. again and as soon as possible mm. because people don't want to let these no. low lives win no they won't win no the the people in Trotter will win basically mm. you know doesn't matter how but they will win eventually you know and it will be um it will be restored um i mean i think there will be an end result you know whether it's security or whatever you know there will be people looking out for this this building you know, this is this is twice now in the last few months so 
Um, I think there'd be a lot more people looking out for this building now. Um, you know, more police, uh, obviously more guards around Rotterdam. We'd, we'd probably do a lot more pass-bys, I'd say, you know. Mm. Nobody wants to see this happening. Um, I certainly don't, and I certainly don't want to be coming back to jobs that I've only just finished and repaired again and again and again. Peter Childs, uh, I feel your pain today and it's genuine and you have a deep love, I know, for every building you work on. You feel it's your baby and your personal touch is there. And I have to say, you've done a magnificent job with the thatch. Thanks, And uh, please, God, uh, it will be repaired sooner rather than later and back to its magnificent best again. Wish you well. Thank you for joining me, Peter, on Late Lunch today. Absolutely no problem at all, Jerry. Thank you for having me. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get low as can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Just reminding you, if you want to win a car, all you have to do is call into Blackstone Motors in Drogheda or Dundalk, fill in the little form, you don't have to take a test drive, do anything, pop it in the box, and it could be you going on to win that beautiful uh, Renault Clio. It's a lovely, lovely car. Dynamic is the model. And yesterday, uh, we had two names picked out by the Dundalk players who were with us. Robbie Benson was here yesterday afternoon, and uh, they picked out Sheila McDonnell, and Phil Bannon. They are their first two finalists. There's going to be six finalists. We're picking two next Monday and two the following Monday as well. And they go on to the grand final late lunch live from the new showrooms in Dundalk. That's Blackstone on Thursday the 30th of May. So all you have to do is call into Blackstone. Get in there. Fill out the form. And it could be you. They're giving away a car for nothing. You don't have to do anything for it. Paddy was on to us. He remembers using Roundup on football pitches. But he got a scratch in his leg one time and was hospitalised. He was warned that when spraying in future to wear pull-ups, rubber gloves, breathing mask and wash immediately afterwards. I think that says it all, Paddy. Margaret wants to highlight last year she lost her lovely cat. It had a tumour in each eye. And the vet says it was caused by a chemical spray. Isn't that shocking to hear that? I'm sure you missed uh, the wee cat and to lose it in that fashion as well. Thanks indeed for the comments. Louise, I got a Happy New Year's card. I can't believe that. <laughs> we were, we were Is just... it Chinese New Year? No, for the Irish New Year. Just came in the it's other day. Late. Happy New Year. The Irish Year. are always late. Jerry, sorry it's late, but there's still a lot of time to go in 2019. <laughs> Brendan Marmion thank you so much for the card and the gift really do appreciate it did it get you into the Christmas mode 
<clears throat> not just yet. Okay. Not just yet. First of May, Christmas Day. No, not just yet. Yeah, but we, we, we love the card, Brendan, and it's getting pride of place upstairs. And also another one I didn't mention, Rose Healy, the great Rose Healy from Athboy, and we're talking about Athboy, was on to tell us uh, that they did marvellous fundraising with their Kayleys. They raised uh, almost €2,000 for two different charities, St Luke's Hospital and the multi- Multiple multiple Sclerosis Therapy Centre in Trim. And they had a great time, and they want to thank LMFM for publicising. Always welcome, Rose. Rose is terrific, isn't oh, she? Oh, she's the greatest. She really is. She's a wonderful woman and all her friends as well. They do fantastic work. Now, dear Dot, yes, the exhibition, the Trim Visitor Centre, is it, yes. Louise? Double check that. Yeah, I believe it's going fantastically. Oh, well. listen, the official opening was a Sunday. We were there to meet Courtney Kennedy on Thursday last. The interview went out on late lunch on Friday. What a marvellous woman she is. And the link back, of course, her dad was Bobby Kennedy. But you've picked up a little gem, Louise. I think the lads have sent us a possibly world exclusive, Jerry. Okay. That has never, ever been broadcast before. On radio. On radio. In this country. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't, in any country, but in this country for sure, because you can hear, this is part of the it's, exhibition. It's, it's a voice back into history, isn't it? It's a voice from the past, but a very famous voice. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it and we'll talk about it in a moment. This is Senator John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I'm speaking uh, today from the Los Angeles Convention. The convention now is just breaking up. And as you may know... Uh, I've been nominated by the Democratic Party to be their standard bearer. I wanted to take this opportunity to send my greetings to the people of Ireland. All my great-grandparents came from Ireland a hundred years ago during the potato famine when they moved to Boston, Massachusetts. This country has been uh, very uh, generous to the Kennedys and the Fitzgeralds, but we also... uh, think of Ireland. Ten years ago, while staying with my sister in Waterford, I drove to New Ross in County Wexford, and there visited uh, my cousins, the Kennedys, uh, who were living in the same house that my great-grandparents had come from so many years ago. This is going to be an important election, important for the United States, and I think for the entire free world. I think we have an excellent chance to win. But you can be sure that win or lose, that we will fight the good fight, and that I shall look forward to having a chance to come back to Ireland sometime soon. Thank you very much. This is Senator John Kennedy saying goodbye and good wishes to you all. Dear Dot, as always, I'm late, but here's the the message to the people of Ireland. If you think it's uh, all right... uh, you can uh, use it in whatever way you think best. We miss you and hope you're coming back uh, soon. Your contribution to the uh, campaign and to the uh, candidate was invaluable in West Virginia and in Wisconsin, and uh, we uh, feel we're going to need you this fall. So come on back to the United States. We'll put you to work. All the best. Goodbye, Jack. Yes, history. I've goosebumps. You would, wouldn't you, listening yeah. to it? And to think that he recorded that and sent that message to Ireland and especially to Dot Tuberty. You heard him there saying, Dear Dot, and that's the name of the exhibition as well. And how much he held her 
in high regard. And, and there's no doubt about that. And, no, uh, she was hugely regarded by mm, the family. Well, my God, to listen to his voice there. And, you know, I said it last week. Such tragedy has touched that family, you know, through the years. And yet the regard they're still held in here and in America is unbelievable. So it is all these years later. And I did ask the question, would we ever see a Kennedy run for the White House one day? Perhaps mm. we will. Who knows? Uh, but uh, you're right, Louise. That would just have you grip there listening mm. to that all those years ago and as he sent that message. It's amazing, like in the exhibition, as we said before, Jerry. you know, there's letters from... Not only the the president's letters from Schwarzenegger, from Dean Martin, from Bing Crosby, and yet the lady when she died last year because the exhibition coincided with the first anniversary of her death, she didn't want she didn't want it known that she was dead no. until she, after she was buried. Yes, yeah, like she uh, was so understated. Yeah, and, and believe it or not, she had a letter from Queen Elizabeth as well. She was asking her to get involved. I think it was Special Olympics was, or yeah. something like that. But you're right. She insisted that her death notice wouldn't issue until she was laid to rest. Mm. That that was all over. Isn't it strange indeed? Uh, but she's been remembered and will always be remembered in Trim over the coming three months. It's at the Trim Visitor Centre. So if you're looking for somewhere to go uh, on a weekend now, head towards Trim. What a beautiful town with the castle and everything that goes there beside. You'll enjoy it and visit and see this wonderful exhibition. I have to say congratulations to her nephew, Eric who put this whole thing together. He was the man who put this afoot uh, after she passed away and he's done an absolutely brilliant, brilliant job. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and up next, I thought I saw a song there that it's changed the song, has it? It's suddenly changed. It was. <laughs> you can say you can say it. I understand, Louise. And a little bit shorter. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit shorter. I was going to introduce the one I saw a moment ago, but anyway, go on, you introduce it. Who is it? It's Nelly Furtada. I'm like a bird. Indeed, and she is. Like a bird. She's like a bird for years now. Nelly Furtado on late lunch this afternoon. Where are the Blackstone Garages, Jerry? In Drogheda. They're in Newgrange Business Park on the south side of town, uh, not far from the Tesco Extra. And in Dundalk, they're on the Inner Relief Road beside KFC. Get in, get your entries in, and the best of luck to you. Up next on late lunch, it's a regular parenting feature with Alan O'Donoghue. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. Alan O'Donoghue is a professional coach, trainer and facilitator with nearly two decades experience in youth and family development. He's the man behind Help Me to Parent and he runs parenting courses, positive parenting skills and he joins us bi-monthly on Late Lunch to have a chat about parenting. Alan, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me back. I had a bit of a, what would you say, a soapbox moment yesterday when I talked about, you know, the the burning of the thatch and... Mm. You know, a lot that's going on in this area at the moment and the family unit and children within families and, you know, being reared, you know, in a good environment and taught right from wrong and how important that is. Does it all come back to that at the end of the day before we get into the specifics this afternoon? I think a lot of it will come down to parents teaching their children respect and not just, um, I, I'll clarify, a lot of people I work with will say, well, you know, my parents used to batter the head of me and that taught me respect. But it didn't. It just taught you fear. Mm. And I think respect is something different. Respect is something where 
I'm okay and I see you as okay and vice versa. So we respect each other and we're on the same playing field. And I think sometimes we will talk about being respectful as parents. And we, you know, so when we talk to our kids, we will try and be respectful. But it's also in our actions and how we interact with them. So we can dismiss our children through our actions. Now, I'm not trying to send people off into a panic looking at every single thing that they say and do to their kids. But I think if you work from a, a, a space of I'm okay with myself and you're okay too and we try and respect each other, you're going to give your, chan- your children the best chance possible to, to go out into the world and live a, a respectful life. Now, that's not to say once they get into a group because the group mentality can have a huge impact on what we do. Look, we see it. I, I, you know, I'm a big Liverpool fan. You're a big football fan as well. And in the match in Barcelona, you saw grown men running around and throwing strangers into fountains and stuff like that. And, you know, I, w- I would think that those people are just average people. If you met them on the street, they'd have a chat to you and they'd be fine. They wouldn't be throwing you into fountains. Mm. But <clears throat> there's something about that mob and group mentality that can it can be very difficult to go against that. So I do think it's something that as parents we need to be mindful of with our kids and all we need to do is ever worry about our own family. Don't worry about what next door's kids do. Don't worry about what the rest of the class is doing. If it's not right for you and your kids, don't do it and don't allow them to do it either. I think it's really, really important and it's one of those things that if you see behaviour that's not okay in your children, you step in. Yeah, so it's respect, but at the same time, there must be discipline. Absolutely. Absolutely. There has to be boundaries. Boundaries, as you've often talked about in yeah. the past as well. The other thing is this, Alan. Does it follow that if a child is a very difficult upbringing in a family, that that child will have difficulties later on in life and may run into problems? And on the other hand, you could have a child that's reared in the best possible fashion, if, if there's such a thing, and that child can go off the rails you know what I'm saying is there two yeah. opposites or th- does that hold there's no hard and fast because you know we're dealing with human beings so I you know I've worked with lots of families from lots of different backgrounds I've seen children brought up in you know very abusive families and you know where siblings are heavily involved in drugs have died from drugs parents have been exceptionally abusive to them and to their siblings and they turn out okay And at the same time, I've seen other families where kids would get, and I don't mean spoiled, so not that they get everything, but they have, from from where I'm looking, they've had a decent upbringing and they can go off the rails too because other factors come into play. Mm. So the influences from friends, influences from schools, from the internet, whatever it might be, that can all start to to come into our kids and they can decide themselves to take on beliefs. So, you know, I've worked with one with one family where it was a it was a good family as far as I could see. They, you know, they put boundaries in place and their child went off and, you know, got involved in extreme um racist behavior and like the parents would have said that literally there would have been nothing no Mm. discussion so there's no hard and fast rule it doesn't follow that if the family situation is not the best it's inevitable that the child won't be the best and similarly you know if it's good situation it doesn't follow that 
that child will be fine when it grows up into a teenager and an adult. There's no hard and fast rule. No, because we but, all take things on. Yes, but can I say this to you? There's nothing beats a decent upbringing, as you say, cultivating respect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, what you're doing is you're giving your child the best possible chance of having a good life if yeah. you teach them the uh, about respect. And, and parents can do no more than that, really. Absolutely. like Because we can't block influences from outside. Mm. We can try. But what you don't want then is to go to one extreme where you're literally giving your child no freedom whatsoever. And then when they hit 18 and they leave home and they go crazy. <laughs> yes. Absolutely crazy. Yes. So there, there is no hard and fast. What I'd say to any parent, like if you're... Because we do live in a very worrying time because we have so much information at our fingertips. So we find out about every single thing that's going wrong in the world. We see videos of it. Our children see videos of it. It's scary. And as parents, like I know myself, I've got a teenager at home and I kind of worry as well. Like what, what does the future hold for, for, for my children as well? But all I can do is try and bring my kids up the best way that I can and teach them to respect themselves and respect other people. And that's just important because sometimes what we can do is we can overemphasize that we need, you know, you need to be respectful to everybody else. And what happens then is children learn to put their needs behind everybody else's and they allow people to walk over them. And that's not good either. So it's about (laughs) trying to get that balance between teaching them to respect themselves and other people. Thanks, Alan. Sorry, I threw no a curveball there at the start. And uh, let's get down to some of the scenarios you're going to talk about today. The first one. My 14-year-old son has recently gone through what could only be described as being bullied by one of his friends. They have been quite close, but this friend has been sending my son messages that are very hurtful. And when my son confronted him, he said it was just messing around like the lads do. My son's really upset, but doesn't want to lose the friendship. I want to punch the di- living daylights out of this friend. And have my son speak to him again. And never have my son, should I say, speak to him again. But how can we manage this as best as possible? There's somebody with a lot of anger to sort this out on behalf of their child. Yeah, and I completely get it. You know, if uh, I'm sure you'd feel the same. If, if one yes. of your kids got hurt, you yes. just want to jump I, I, in and I, rescue them. I did in the past. There you go. It's a natural, It's a natural thing to do for a parent to want to go and protect their child because... We brought them into the world and they are our world by, you know, to, for the most part. Mm. So it's important that we do kind of maintain that feeling and, and ha- but harness it in a, in a different way. The, the big thing in this, Jerry, that really struck me was that this child wants to keep his friendship. And it's something that I've noticed in, in society in general has, has crept in that if you do something to me, that's it. We are never speaking again. There is n- the only way for us to deal with it is just to never speak and for both of us to go onto social media and bitch about each other, right? But here we have a young person who actually wants to work something out. And that's a really, really positive thing. And I think it's something that we can all do and all try to foster in our kids, but also within ourselves, is that just because somebody does something to our child doesn't mean that they're an evil human being. doesn't mean that they're the worst type of person. Now, they may turn out to be that way, but we need to take it in an isolated instant and kind of of go, right, well, what needs to happen here? So what I'd suggest is you sit down with your son, have a chat with him, say, what do you want to do? And asking him that question shows him that you trust him to be able to come up with solutions that might work for him, which is going to be huge for his own personal development. Now, he might turn around and say, I've no idea, ma'am. 
And that's where you can sit, jump in and kind of give two or three possible solutions. Well, you could do this or you could do that and ask him which one might work out for him. And he might pick one and say, right, I'll give it a try. And you might be a bit kind of unsure whether or not this is actually the right course of action. You can advise him. But if he goes and tries it and it doesn't work out, the biggest thing is that you don't turn around and go, see, I told you. I told you he was useless. I told you he was no good. Because essentially what you're doing is you're saying to your son is that you can pick solutions, but you're going to get them wrong. And the biggest thing in all this, it's like those people, you know, we've grown up in a culture where if people set up a business and it fails, they're told, never try that again. You are crazy to do it in the first place. Whereas in other cultures, what they do is they turn around and say, that you've just learned. What have you learned? Now, what can you do differently the next time? This is essentially the exact same thing. So I think it's really important to, to try and give your, ch- your child the chance to, to work this out and sit down and see if he can find the best way that's going to work for him and his friend. And he can, you know, I suppose, manage a situation better than, than not. No surprise with this one, Alan. My daughter is generally a good student with a couple of weeks to go to the junior search. She's now really worried that she hasn't done enough work. I think I remember being in that boat <laughs> myself. This is causing her to get so worked up that she shuts down and struggles to concentrate on subjects that she would normally do well in. We've constantly told her that we're happy with whatever results she gets. As we know how hard she has worked, but this doesn't seem to help at all. Have you any suggestions how we can help her to keep focused and less stressed. The old state exam <laughs> exams, Jerry. They're 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 such a stressful time for both parents and for children. And I think absolutely it sounds like this parent has tried their best to reassure that their child that do you know what, whatever happens is okay. But sometimes it's actually the pressure that the child puts on themselves themselves is far greater than any pressure you as a parent can put on them. Not all the time, but some of the time that's the way it is. The first thing I'd say is get her out of her normal environment. Get her away from the house. Get her away from study. Go for a walk on the beach. Go for a coffee. You know, whatever it might be. And just say, what do you need from us? It's quite similar to what our last one was. It's like putting it back on them to see what they actually, because they might know what's best for them. We might think we know, but it might not be the case. So if we put it back on them, what do you need from us? Is there anything we can do to make this easier for you? And then you can start to explore things like, well, do you have a study plan set up? And if not, can you set up a study plan? The The school education system in Ireland will work for uh, probably 40 to 60 percent of the population, which means there's a huge amount of the population that it doesn't work for because they have a different type of learning. They learn in a different way. So there is a a multiple intelligence quiz that people can take online so they can find out what their, their strongest learning style is and you can build your learning environment around that. So for someone like, well, certainly for me, right? If I was 15 years of age and I was sent off to a bedroom for three hours to study, Give me 20 minutes and every crack in the ceiling, the, the, the colour of the carpet, <laughs> everything becomes far more interesting. I will doodle, I will do anything but study. Whereas some other people, that would be perfect for them. Mm. Some people need to be around others, some people need to be on their own. So there is, um, if people want to email me at Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at help me to parent, the number two. So help, help me, the number two, to parent. I'll send them over a link to the learning styles questionnaire 
and they can fill it in and then I'll send them a little sheet with some suggestions on how your child can build their study um, environment to suit their needs. So that could be very beneficial and it has worked for a lot of the young people that I've worked with in the past. The other thing I'd say is look at making sure that she gets involved in the things she normally does. So she doesn't completely isolate herself from her friends, from the things she enjoys if she's involved in sports and stuff like that. Don't cut them all off. They're really important. It's important. She's going to do the work. And the chances are, from what you've said, she's a pretty good student, so she's going to do fairly okay. And if she doesn't, it's okay too. I can't say the junior cert is a dry run for the Leaving Cert. It's very important, so it is, and it's a good it's a good exercise and, and a, an important gauge as well. Uh, but you're right, you're right. Whatever will be, will be. She's worked hard from the scenario there and just do what Alan says. We've a few minutes left. I want to get to this one just before we finish. My son is close to finishing first year secondary school. He absolutely adores his console and would play it every day if he could. My worry is now that with the time off school, he'll be addicted and he's too young to get a job. How do I keep him busy? So... First things first, he needs time to calm down, to relax, because the school has been absolutely crazy busy. Do you know anyone who might give him a little bit of work that he could do? It doesn't have to be paid. Maybe you could, you know, give them a few quid to give to him. But it's what it does is it teaches him responsibility to people outside of the family unit, which is massive for his development. I remember coming home from Paddy Dwyer's when I was 13 with me after doing my first day's work with a tenner in my pocket telling my parents I didn't need their money anymore. You know, that kind of thing is really, really important. But also, can he volunteer? Is there people in the area who need some garden cut or elderly people who need some help with um, bringing, you know, shopping or whatever in? Or is there any structured volunteering he can do? Is he big into animals? Can he get involved in that kind of stuff? And look at giving him purposes to get up. And then do you have jobs around the house that you can get him to do? And he can earn extra time on the console, not just money. So you're not just shelling out. So if he does X job, X job, X job, X job, he gets to spend an extra half an hour or two minutes on his console whatever whatever works best for you and you're so right there you know you might think uh, there aren't a lot of things to be done but it's under our noses isn't it in our communities there's lots to get involved in. absolutely my poor daughter is about to finish her her first year of secondary school and i've got a rake of things set up for her to do have you? <laughs> I have. she's gonna get no downtime god love her <laughs> Alan, you're a, you're a hard man. Indeed, he isn't. He's the nicest fellow you would ever meet. Just tell them again how they can find out more. So you can contact me on Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at helpmetoparent.ie or at our website, www.helpmetoparent.ie. And that's with the number, number two. Number two. Help me, the number two, parent.ie. And don't forget that study offer from Alan as well. If you get in touch with him, he'll do the, uh, the necessary. Until the next time, it's been a real pleasure. Alan O'Donoghue, thank you. Thanks, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Opening launch sales offers are now available from Blackstone Motors and we are giving away a 191 Renault Clio. Get down to Blackstone Motors showrooms in Dundalk or Drogheda now to enter. 
Our ninth finalist into the hat in the Scotch Hall Shopping Centre Holiday of a Lifetime giveaway in association with LMFM is Robert Kelly from Medivue. Congratulations to you, Robert, who, as well as being a finalist in the holiday draw, also wins a €100 Scotch Hall gift card. Don't forget, any time you spend €25 or more in any of the 50-plus shops in Scotch Hall Shopping Centre, you could be in with a chance to win a holiday worth €5,000. Destinations include a Caribbean cruise for two, a trip to Las Vegas for two, or a trip for two adults and two children to Lapland. You decide where you go. Just pop your entry into the draw drum located in Scotch Hall and stay tuned here to LMFM to see if you're one of the lucky finalists. Uh, Pauline's been on to us from Dublin. Thank you, Pauline, uh, regarding the thatch. Can they not put in secret cameras to catch these destructive people? It's disgraceful, Jerry. That's society today for you. Now, as parents let their children do what they like, there's no correction on children anymore. And as a result, society has changed for the worse. Vera's been on to say, yes, uh, this world and country we now live in has changed dramatically. It was privileged to grow up with respect for people and places and having great neighbours. The old world was nice to be part of. Sadly, the pedigree of people has dropped. Today's world is aggressive, hostile and angry. But still, Jerry, Ireland is a great place to live in. And I say here, here to that. Thanks for all the comments coming to us on 086-1800-658 this afternoon. Are you into cycling, Louise? Only in forest areas. Right. I'd be too afraid of dogs to go on the roads. But your better half is into the cycling, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, hugely. He loves it, doesn't He's he? He's out morning, noon. If he could be out for eight hours... 10 hours he, he would. would. Yeah. People love the bike, don't they? They really do. And I'm probably with you a bit. I'd, I'd rather cycle in places like the forest parks and that. I just think on the roads today, it's you need your wits Especially about you. Especially for kids, yeah. Oh, yes. 100%. Especially with children as well. But you know as you go on in life, you know, I suppose the owl joints seize up and mm-hmm. it's not as easy to get on the bike and maybe you'd love to get out in it. There's lots of people, I'm sure, in that category There's as loads well. of people in their 80s still cycling, though. If you look around the place. Biking still. Yeah. My God. I I passed a chap in Turman Feck and most days he's on the bike. And he's good age, is he as well? He looks to be. Well, there you are. There you are. Louise has walked out. You're you're great. You're great. Louise says that was 80. He might oh, your man over there is 76. How do you do that? You'll have to and give And my it. own father cycled into his 80s as well. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Well, Held I, up traffic for I remember, an hour. I remember my dad telling me years ago that many, many moons ago when there was little traffic on the road, there used to be a man cycled from Drogheda to Nundalk every day to his work. And he worked in his shop in Nundalk. He got on his bike, cycled to Nundalk, did his day's work and cycled home. Well, I know it's, some I, trip. I know there's still some people travel from Meath all the way to the far side of Dublin every morning for work on, on the bike. their bikes on the bike yeah they get there quickly they don't have the congestion when they get in near the city yeah yeah it's a great thing like the bike is great exercise I just think we could have more dedicated cycling lanes and areas assigned to bikes I, I think that'd be great to be I think honest. they're doing it wrong because a lot of the cycling lanes they take from the footpaths instead of from the roads yes you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. It really is so true. But anyway, there are people of an age who'd love to be on the bike. Yeah. And Louise probably sees them and they are in their 80s. <laughs> but unfortunately, some health matter or whatever precludes them from, you know, getting onto the saddle I again. I should go to Specsavers. Maybe so. But we leave that for another day. That's a different question entirely. But anyway... There's a new initiative coming to Ireland. It's in since the spring of the year. It's called Cycling Without Age. And if you can't go on your bike or you've had to give up cycling, 
or you know someone who has, stay with us. It's interesting. It's up next. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Get lowest can be APR, zero deposit required and finance arranged within four hours with all 192 pre-ordered Renaults. What are you waiting for? There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda or Cavan. It's a new concept. It's called Cycling Without Age and it's aimed to give older people freedom to get out cycling with the help of volunteers. And Clara Clark from Cycling Without Age Ireland joins me on the line. Hello, Clara. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for taking our call today. Explain to listeners what this is. Okay, Cycling Without Age is a voluntary initiative. It's a specially designed tri-shaw bicycle that takes residents in nursing and care homes and people who are mobility impaired out for free, slow cycling spins piloted by volunteers. So rather than rickshaw, it's a tri-shaw? It's a tri-shaw. And this and is a, a, a saddle, uh, a, how many wheels in it for a start? How many? Three. That's Three. Three. <laughs> God Almighty, am I asleep today? <laughs> Three wheels, a saddle, and uh, passengers are in front. That's the I important see. thing because they're the important people. The bikes are hand built. They're specially designed to take people uh, either elderly or mobility impaired. So we've got suspension, padded seats, car quality seat belts, a rain hood with windows, a blanket that's waterproof. Um, you can be put in if in a hoist, so even if you're completely um, wheelchair bound or unable to move yourself, you can be lowered in in a hoist. And the idea is that you get out and having fun and cycling and enjoying and feeling the wind in your hair. And you have one person sitting on the seat behind guiding the trishaw along. And, and he's a, he or she is a pilot, yes. Right. They're the cyclists. So okay. They ride the bike basically, and they transport the one or two passengers, usually two. Now, would you want to be a fit pilot to pedal with three on a bicycle made for two is the song, but on a bicycle made, <laughs> a trishaw made well, for three? I let, I let you in on a secret, Jerry. It has a battery pack under the saddle, under the seat. It is pedal assist with a battery. Lovely. So you can control it, you can pedal it without the battery if you're if you want or if you're on the flat. But for hills and particularly funny enough ramps, they're dreadful things because you stop suddenly there. Um, but it's got a battery pack, so there's no problem with piloting. Great. Now, this concept has come to Ireland from abroad. What are the benefits? You mentioned the wind in your hair. Does it make a real difference to people who maybe are living in homes or even in their own home and don't get out much? It transforms them, Jerry. I have taken out people who are non-verbal, people who are blind, people who are wheelchair-bound, people with dementia. And I call it a butterfly bike because they start to smile and wave and interact. And for some reason, they relax. They get this sensation of movement and feeling out in the air and feeling, as you say, the wind in their hair. And it relaxes and calms them, but they also then feel engaged and feel part of the community. And what it, I asked some ladies that were a wheelchair bound, they're in a community hospital and they're both in wheelchairs. And separately, I asked them, what do you like best about getting out on the bike? Freedom, they said uh, very yes. vehemently. They <laughs> love getting out because they're moving and they're seeing things. They go down to the um, canal and they feed the swans yeah. or they go to the park or they go and get an ice cream or yes. they go and have a coffee 
Isn't it and they're simple? they're back in the community again. Yes, reintegration, getting them out and about. Now, the good news is there are three trishaws coming to Loud, yes. <laughs> this, the three trishaws, have, they're one of 20, they're three of 20 yeah. bikes which are all over Ireland. They are at the moment in Dundalk. On Saturday, I'm going up to pilot train some uh, volunteers in the use of those bikes and then the bikes will then go one to Drogheda, one to RD and one to Dundalk. Brilliant. Um, and they have been sponsored by um, the Dundalk IT uh, with some funding from Healthy Ireland. Great stuff. Congratulations to both. And you, you probably don't know the nuts and bolts of this, do you? Where they're going to be and how people can access them? Not yet. Right. But I will know that and I have promised that I'll get back on to Louise and let Lovely. her know when and where the bikes go. They ha- We have to pilot train people first because it, you can't just hop on one of these and take off. I'm because sure. you've got very vulnerable passengers. Mm. And the bike is quite a heavy bike. So you have to learn how to use it. So I pilot train people. Excellent. And volunteers, of course, uh, will be the bedrock of this. You'll need pilots. We will. And they're all volunteers. And they can be anybody, anybody who enjoys cycling and wants to get back into the community, you know, giving something back to the community. In some cases, companies are sponsoring bikes, Jerry, and they're sending their staff as pilots as part of their CSR, their Corporate Social Responsibility Programme. And uh, some cases, the pilots could be care workers in the home. They could be relatives of the passengers. They could be a cycling club. I think the Cuchulain Cycling Club is going to get involved up in uh, North Loud, the Dundalk yes. area. Yeah. Um, so the, it's, pilots can be anybody. And the, as long as they're pilot trained, they can operate. And if they're working from out of a home, then they will be guard vetted by the home. I see. And for you, you've experienced the benefits which you mentioned to me a moment ago. They're up and running, yes, in in other places at the moment. They are. Well, I have 20 bikes in different parts of Ireland. Cycling Without Age was founded in in Copenhagen in 2012. I brought it to Ireland in 2017. From a point of zero bikes in June 2017, I now have 20 bikes operating in Cork, Dublin, Wexford, Waterford, Kilkenny, Clare, Sligo, Leitrim, Loud. Great. So far. And with inquiries and orders still coming in. Now, mm. I'm a volunteer, just to, to explain that to yes. you. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a cyclist. I love cycling. But I coordinate the whole programme in Ireland. It's a terrific, terrific idea. And you're doing great stuff, I have to say, bringing it here and rolling it out across the country. I'm only going to give you a warning, being a volunteer. You're going to be a very busy volunteer with all this publicity. That's okay. Cyclingwithoutage.ie will get people to me. And also there's an open Facebook group called Cycling Without Age hyphen Ireland. Brilliant. And there's lots of photographs and, you know, articles and information up on both the website, the cyclingwithoutage.ie website, and also the Facebook group. So people, if they're interested, can contact me through those. And, uh, and you know, we're just spreading the word. And people are now beginning to order bikes. Uh, transition years in school have funded two bikes as school projects, and they can choose the care home they want the bikes to go to. That is 
a brilliant initiative for younger people as well to get involved yeah. in this. So we're going to have three in loud and the rollout continues and you'll be back to us and we'll give all the information about where they are and how they can be accessed. I love this from the moment I saw it and I congratulate <laughs> you, Clara, on what you're doing. It's well, making a real difference. the idea is just to get people out yes. and moving and back into their communities. Because just because you get old or disabled or whatever, mobility impaired, doesn't mean you should stop having fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that one all the way. Thank you for joining me on the show. We wish you well and we'll talk again as soon as we have more information about the loud trishaws. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Take care. Clara Clark there from Cycling Without Age Ireland. Look them up. Cycling Without Age Ireland is the website and you'll get all the information there. Fantastic, isn't it? More good news and uplifting as well to finish the show this Tuesday afternoon. Anyway, we're done, are we, Louise? Yeah. Is the Eurovision on tonight? Do you know anything about the Eurovision? So you tell me. Is it? I haven't really followed I'll tell it. you, I've lost interest in it. I've lost interest. I was a great Eurovision fan, but all the nonsense that's gone on in recent years and the private voting and the... Why do we bother? Rubbish acts that won it. And I don't think we bother anyway. We send a, a song, we're just fulfilling <laughs> an obligation. We don't bother. We don't bother in Ireland anymore. We don't give a damn about it either. Nobody wants to know anything about it. Anyway, whoever's singing for us, whatever night you're singing... I haven't actually turned my attention once to it this year. Good luck to you, whoever you are. And um, anyway, you have a, the appropriate That's song to finish. Is she singing? Is this one singing in the Eurovision? Did you know that? Is she? Madonna's the halftime act. Never knew that. Honest to God, you didn't know that. That's telepathic. It was meant there to be. Go. We're finishing with Madonna today. And they're probably saying, will you stop that, Kelly? Don't be preaching. Papa, don't preach. Yes, to finish late lunch today. See you Wednesday. Have one. LMFM Podcasts. Brought to you with Cark McCross Credit Union, where dreaming of warmer climates becomes a reality with a Cark McCross Credit Union holiday loan. O'Neill Street, Cark McCross or CarkMcCrossCU.ie. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.